Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you. Good morning, Dr. Paul. How are you this morning? Very good. Good. We're, we're lucky today. We're excited. We, we are need excited. all the help. We oh, no, we shouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to get some help in getting information out from a friend. I believe I was on his program a yeah. while ago. Absolutely. And he, he has a well-known name, but he has a good reputation oh, yeah. on so many things that we believe in. And that is our guest is Dale Bigtree. Dale, welcome to our program. Ron, it's an absolute pleasure to be here. It's an honor. Thank you for having me. Very, very good. And uh, I, I think you're uh, very capable and full of information of things that we like to talk about and, and get exposed to the public. Uh, and, and I know you've been doing a good job because I looked at the Internet and a few other things. People actually criticized you over the year, these last couple of years. So you must be on the right track. <laughs> Yeah, I think, I think if you look at my Wikipedia page, it's quite gruesome. There's nothing <laughs> we were just talking about that. <laughs> so I, you know, I think we're all getting used to, if you looked horrible on Wikipedia, you must be doing something right. Yeah. You roast babies. And yeah, there you go. Do you know, I, I looked for the name of your organization, the Informed Consent Action Network. Is that correct? That's your organization? That is correct. That is the nonprofit uh, that I started. Um, our mission statement is dedicated to eradicating man-made disease. And part of the work that we do is we have an educational program we do every Thursday called The High Wire at thehighwire.com. That's sort of my news show to put out all the information that we are sharing. You know, when, when did you start that? Uh, you know, I um, started my nonprofit at the very end of 2016 after I had been on tour for the whole year with the documentary I made called Vaxxed from Cover Up to Catastrophe about a whistleblower inside of the CDC that had come out and said, uh, Dr. William Thompson was his name, saying they were committing scientific fraud in the vaccine safety studies. That movie was specifically about a fraud around the MMR vaccine and autism. But after that, I wanted to answer all the questions I was getting while I was touring, which was that film was just about the MMR vaccine. What about all the other 16 vaccines yeah. were given to children in 72 doses? That's when I started the nonprofit. And then the high wire began in the beginning of 2017. Well, you know, I like the title there and I like the work that you're doing there because, you know, there are times in medicine that you could have a little debate about what the best treatment is and whether or not people should use a vaccine, this sort of thing. But what you're emphasizing here, which is so important, that is informed consent. It, the patients have to be informed, and frequently they're not. But really, the thing that strikes, I think, so many people today is uh, how about uh, operating and, and giving uh, medication and vaccines uh, to children below, you know, uh, the age of adulthood and without the consent of the parent. I can remember, Dale, when I was starting in medical school, one thing they taught me, we, because we'd start off with the lacerations and things in the emergency room, and they say, look, you just can't, you know, they, they can't, somebody brings them in on an ambulance and say, you need to sew him up. And they said, don't do that. You have to have consent. And we would go through this, and they probably do that to a degree, but nothing like what has happened here. You'd be, you had to either get the parents in there or talk to them before we'd put the stitch in. But today, you know, it's quite a bit different uh, and everything from surgery to vaccines, uh, abortions, the whole works. Uh, it's done 
you and they're, they're able to do it. And the law sometimes protects them that you don't. Uh, they don't have to tell the parents. At one time, of course, when I started, you had to tell the parents what you were doing to their children. Well, the reason I named my nonprofit that the Informed Consent Action Network, you're absolutely right. It's I think it's the most important rule of medicine. In fact, it's the number one. It's the first rule that came out of the Nuremberg Code, which is after the Nuremberg trials. After we tried, the doctors that had committed these atrocities to innocent people, testing products on them, testing vaccines, testing surgeries, and all manner of, of um, so, you know, uh, trials on humanity, we decided as democratic nations around the world that never again could medicine ever be this egregious or dangerous. That in any democratic nation, really for all people, we all signed on to the Nuremberg Code saying, and the number one rule of the Nuremberg Code is the informed consent uh, of the patient is absolutely critical in modern medicine, meaning the patient must be informed of all the benefits of the procedure or the drug or the vaccine or the, the study, whatever it is, and then all of the potential negative side effects. Then and only then are they informed to make that decision. But let's be clear. It says they get to make that decision. Somehow we've turned this on its head and said, well, we informed you, which usually they didn't, but now we're going to force it on you anyway. That is not how the Nuremberg Code works. That is not what informed consent is. I always have a right to turn it down if I'm a free citizen. And I will take it as far to say, uh, Ron, that under these circumstances in America and these nations that are violating this Nuremberg Code, if you are injecting me with a product I have no control over or you're injecting my children and I can't opt out of it and you're not telling me the benefits and the negative side effects, I'm talking about these states that force that vaccination in order to, as we just saw with COVID, go to work or to go to school for our children, then I believe that you have just signed on an agreement basically an unwritten agreement that no longer are you a free citizen as we mm -hmm. thought we were talking about in the Nuremberg Code. You are have about the same rights as a farm animal where you're being injected with products that the farmer wants to give you and there's nothing you can do about it. Essentially, your body is owned by the state or your child is owned by the state. I know that seems extreme, but that's how I perceive you know how we've broken down what you're talking about the importance of the yeah and, and you you have it down perfectly right and the one thing that really bothers me now and a lot of other people is having surgery procedures done on young teenagers without parental control or information and changing genders i mean i keep thinking what should the punishment be for these people that do this it's such a criminal act but anyway, Daniel, I think, have a, has a question for you. Well, I just want to start by saying Vax was a great film. It made huge impact in our circles. Uh, it made the rounds, trust me, and it was very well received, and we certainly great. enjoyed it. And so thank you for making such a great film. But I want to dig into something. Your manager, Jimmy, sent me over a text this morning because it's big news for your group, and we're hoping that you'll explain the, the implications, what does it mean, what might yeah. happen. And this is breaking news. ICANN obtains CDC's vSafe data. Let us know what this means, what's the implications for it, Dell? Okay, so when I started my nonprofit, one of the issues we had was that there's total liability protection around vaccinations. We can't get to the evidence you find in courtrooms. When a drug injures someone like, well, like Vioxx, remember when Vioxx killed nearly 100,000 people, they ended up paying out multi-billion dollar lawsuit. And in that lawsuit, we were able to have discovery to see what, uh, in that case, I believe it was Merck, what they knew about that product. And as it turns out, internal emails showed us 
that they knew it caused heart attacks, which is what led to these deaths, and therefore they lose that lawsuit. Well, that's the case. We just saw this with talcum powder in Johnson & Johnson. They always knew that it had asbestos. Their internal memos showed that, but you would never see that internal information if you couldn't go to court. This is why I brought on a legal team for my nonprofit. We couldn't sue the manufacturers of vaccines because of the protections by the 1986 Act passed by Ronald Reagan, which you know was liability protection for the manufacturers, for the doctors, for the hospitals, for the Walgreens that you went to. And so how do you get to the information of what they know and they don't know about the safety of this product? Well, when it comes down to the COVID vaccine, I brought in my legal team, and my legal team has been suing the government. We couldn't sue the manufacturers, but we have already won lawsuits before COVID against the FDA, Health and Human Services, the CDC, the National Institute of Health, because they're not being transparent with the public with the information they have on vaccinations. But with the COVID vaccine, they were getting an emergency use authorization, which means they were basically going to skip all of the proper long-term safety trials that they should have done using a placebo group or what we also call a randomized control trial they were skipping out because we were in an emergency but they promised us that they would be transparent with all of the evidence they were collecting since essentially our country and the world became the experiment instead of doing a controlled experiment amongst the 40,000 or 30,000 depending on what vaccine we were looking at the whole world became the experiment and so they started systems to track how that experiment was going be safe was their most efficient tracking system. This was an app that the CDC created in which you would be asked you know, on a weekly basis, how are you feeling? And it would give you a set of questions you could answer yes or no to so that they could track the safety. Well, over 10 million people use this vSafe app but ironically, when the whole point was to be transparent, the CDC didn't show it to the public. They didn't allow other scientists or anyone to see this data, which is how we would determine whether or not this vaccine was safe or not. So we finally stepped up and sued. We said that this should be information the public can see. Uh, we started out with a FOIA request, a Freedom of Information Act request. This is this beautiful thing we have in America because essentially our, um, our, our politicians and our government agencies work for us. They are our employees so just like i can look at my employees emails i get to do the same thing when it comes to the cdc and in this case we said you have information on the safety of this vaccine that you've mandated on the public we want to see that be safe information it took over a year to win this in court finally we just did just over a week ago and they provided us with 144 million lines of health data all of the identification so we don't know who the people are so that it's safe for them we don't want to know who they are or, or put them in any risk but over 10 million people have, have got their information in this so we took that data and we built a dashboard on our website so that you can look through it, whatever question you have how did it affect women how did it affect men how did it affect race what about i just want to know about moderna or i just want to know about the pfizer shot all of that is now on our website so that anyone in the world can scroll through this data and so so things that we're seeing is, I think, really much higher rates of, of vaccine adverse <coughs> events, as they call them, than we would expect. Out of the 10 million people that were a part of this program for the CDC, the Be Safe program, over 7 million of them reported one adverse event or another. Wow. And a shocking uh, 700 and about 50,000 of them had a 
serious outcome in which they needed medical attention or hospitalization. So we're talking about almost 7.7% hospitalization needing medical attention. That means that a vaccine that was supposed to reduce your risk of going to the hospital seems to have done the exact opposite of that. My opinion is that that vaccine should be pulled right away based on just that data. But that's my opinion. The beauty of this is this is real hardcore raw data by the cdc anyone can check it out all they have to do is go to our nonprofit's website i can slash vsafe i can slash vsafe and you can look through all of this it's really fascinating to see what our government forced on us and how many people were having a problem with it uh, Dell, uh, I, I think this is a short question for you will this affect the, the ability uh to get the information on the number of people who have uh uh, had died and there's been autopsies and that that is not available will that become available as well we so you, you point out something very important it's one of the things i'm going to discuss on my show this week they asked such specific questions obviously leaving out the most obvious questions like they would ask about pain or headaches or nausea but no question on myocarditis no question on blood clot there's not even a question on whether there's heart or chest pain, which under the circumstances they knew from early on in the trials, those were side effects or anaphylaxis. And of course, no line for death. But what they do have is this open box that was in the questionnaire where you could write in a symptom or death that was not that you were not asked. They are withholding that information for, uh, from us right now. We are continuing our lawsuit to get that information. So our legal team is, is going at that and as soon as that is made available, because I believe we will win that too, that will then become a part of this dashboard. But right now, what you're seeing is all of the questions they asked. But you're right. We want to know about the deaths. We want to know about the myocarditis and the blood clotting and the strokes and all those things. And so that data we hope to see in the future. But isn't it amazing our government is trying to hide any of this, trying to hide the questions they asked, but especially making an app that avoids the most obvious questions we should want to know in a proper trial. This just shows really how egregious uh, the cover-up has been of this entire process by a government that's supposed to be elected by us, uh, the people. We should really think about this as we go forward in, in, in having elections in the future. Ask your politicians about what they think about government cover-up when it comes to our safety and health. Yeah, for sure. Well, the big announcement, Dell, and especially to our audience, is that Dell Bigtree is going to be one of the speakers at our upcoming conference here in Lake Jackson, November 5th, shut up, cancel culture, and the war on speech. I can't think of anyone better, Dell, to talk about this. Give us a little taste, if you will, of how you have been experiencing cancel culture over your speaking out over COVID over the past few years. How has cancel culture come and grabbed you? Well, look, it's, we are in a terrifying moment, especially since I, you know, I started as a producer on the CBS talk show, The Doctors. So my background is in journalism for mainstream television and news. When we live in a world where, you know, asking questions, as Dr. Ron Paul had said earlier on, you talked about how we used to be able to have a conversation around medicine. That is called the scientific method. We are supposed to be allowed to challenge the science. In fact, it is requested upon us to show any weaknesses we we think in a theory or a product. So when you're being censored, doctors are being censored, that's more important than me being censored, even more importantly than journalism and journalists, is doctors have been being censored by this. But 
from the beginning, Vax was kicked out of the Tribeca Film Festival. That was the first time I experienced censorship around this conversation, and it went on from there. Once we were involved in COVID, uh, early on when we started talking about gain of function, suddenly I was being told it was misinformation. They were writing about me in the New York Times and Washington Post, and sure, and eventually we lost our Facebook channel and our YouTube channel, which is how I started the High Wire. Luckily, we built our own website, we built our own player, and we've been able to keep our audience in, in a way to find us. But we are censored, you know, Twitter, all of these things have been against us. There's not algorithms that are helping us get our information out as most people get to experience. The algorithms in the, in the AI of the world are set to shut us down. I just put out a Facebook post, by the way, um, just uh, yesterday about our dashboard and having won this V-safe data. And there was literally like a dozen people that saw that post. I have 7 million viewers on my show every coming to my network every single week. Are you telling me only 12 people were interested in the fact that we won this CDC uh, lawsuit? That's how you see the censorship taking place. Bingo. Yeah, um, you, you've given us a lot of information and incentive to uh, keep searching like you're doing uh, because of the information that we don't have available and we need to have available and our government's not helping us they're obstructing us but where where are we on uh, looking for any progress because the average person even our president said see it's all taken care of there's, there's no epidemic so nobody's wearing any masks anymore which is a bit cynical but uh, there has been improvement. People, you know, are back on airplanes and things. Where do you gauge that? Is it is it just a necessity because the uh, obvious facts uh, showed that we didn't have to have lockdown? Do you think it's temporary, or do you think the people ought to be on their toes because they're liable to uh, reverse course uh, uh, if at the drop of a hat if they so choose? If you are not on your toes and are feeling like this is a time to let down your shoulders and go back to trusting your government, then you are already falling back to sleep where they want you. Absolutely, we have just seen that we have a government, and really I would say a globalist intention or agenda to start tracking us and controlling so many parts of our lives. So I would say that clearly when we look at this, the infections didn't go away. Omicron was incredibly infectious. The hospitalizations haven't changed a whole lot. But what did change was the mandates and the masking and all that, because as we're coming near an election, it is really not good to destroy people's businesses and keep their kids from getting an education. So I think just based on the pressure of our country, they realized we had to get out of this some way. And what are they saying now? They're saying what you and I were saying from the beginning, that this should have always been a choice and that we're going to have to learn to live with things like this. This is a bad cold virus in a very specific group of people tended to be over the age of 70 and obesity and diabetes. As we now know, over 95% of those that died had at least two comorbidities, meaning two lethal problems that they were involved with, heart disease, diabetes, things like that. So it really wasn't affecting the healthy uh, in the way that we should have destroyed their lives and their jobs. So I think we've only gone back to the policy we should have had from the beginning, which is the same policy we had our entire lives through every other flu outbreak, uh, every other swine flu. We never destroyed our nations. We never destroyed our economies. This was a brand new experiment. It is a total failure. We did not reach herd immunity. I believe the vaccine has gotten in the way of getting to herd immunity. And so because of that, we really could see other issues um, medically coming into the fall. I 
I'm curious whether or not these people that have received this vaccine have hurt their immune systems in the way that a, a regular flu or a regular cold could be very dangerous for them. And what happens if that's the case? What if this vaccine has lowered the immune systems of everybody that's gotten it so much so that other viruses that we normally could handle become dangerous? Do they lock us down again? Or what if Omicron does end up mutating? As Geert van den Bosch, a scientist I've talked about a lot, the pressure of the vaccines, a lot of science believes that that is forcing more and more dangerous variants. What happens if this vaccine program does that this fall? We don't know, but I would say if you think that they wouldn't lock us down again and control us, you should be very careful. And of course, I know you and I are both looking at the food supply issues that are now taking place. We're looking at carbon credits and we're looking at, are they gonna control and track us on how much CO2 we're creating? <laughs> uh, we look at the, the financial crisis and tracking our dollars and what our dollars are being spent on this desire for our government to go to cryptocurrency. All of this, I mean, I know I'm like the vaccine guy, they say, but all of it is the same playbook. You and I both know that, Ron, so nobody should be going to sleep right now. Yeah. Well, you know, Dale, there's evidence that the bad guys have not given up, and we've written about this at the Ron Paul Institute, and I noticed we have it on your website. Governor Newsom is not giving up. <laughs> He's signed a new bill talking about uh, busting doctors who give misinformation. Tell us a little bit more about that. I mean, just think about this. We are talking about having come out of COVID and many, many of those doctors that are looking at losing their licenses have appeared right here on the high wire. I would imagine that you've interviewed them too. But the scientists and doctors that stood up saying that this vaccine is not going to be the right approach, that it is not effective or that it could actually be dangerous. Who was saying that? the inventor of the vaccine himself, Dr. Robert Malone, yet he is censored. People like that, Dr. Peter McCullough, one of the leading heart doctors in the world, the most published heart doctor in history, lost his job at Baylor because he dared to say, I think we should be worried about the myocarditis signal we're seeing from the vaccine. This law in California essentially says, if you go against the CDC's languaging as a doctor or a scientist, but especially doctors treating patients, <coughs> your license can come under review, meaning you no longer get to practice the Hippocratic Oath as a doctor. It is no longer a doctor-patient relationship. It is a bureaucrat-patient relationship. And despite whatever you're looking at in your office, you have to do what Tony Fauci is saying you have to do in his office, a man who's never treated anybody in his life and is nowhere near the front lines of what took place. This is so dangerous for medicine. It is so terrifying that Gavin Newsom would support. Uh, this is beyond draconian. This is moving uh, into a totalitarian perspective. I'm talking about this bill, AB 2098, which was passed in California, just signed by Governor Newsom. Any doctor that goes against the CDC languaging, which was that ivermectin doesn't work, that hydroxychloroquine doesn't work, you should be using, you know, Paxlovid, which has been a bounce back failure, or remdesivir, which is causing kidney failure and is a total disaster, is a failed Ebola drug, or this vaccine, which was totally ineffective. So all the talking points that this law was created to protect are now being proven to be dead wrong. And so we are standing in a place where doctors are gonna be forced to give misinformation given out by a corrupted government or they lose their license. This is a really, really dark time in American medicine. Right. You know, this, this garbage is passed out by those individuals and that includes uh, Fauci. 
that uh, he's missed, he's Dr. Science and science has settled it. <clears throat> exactly the opposite. If you have a, a real serious or, or significant scientific discovery, it usually introduces many more questions to, in order for it to go ahead. So that has suffered her tremendously, but then you've already mentioned it, Dale, that I find just atrocious, and that is the destruction, just in the short period of time since I've been in medical school, I graduated in 61, uh, the doctor-patient relationship is, is literally destroyed, and it mainly is it's control, and you've talked about that as so important. Where Who's in charge? <coughs> the Fauci's, the bureaucrats, the government, that's where the permission comes from, because people aren't smart enough to take care of their kids, and they're not responsible, and therefore we have to have the government taken care of. So there's a big picture there, and we accept that in too many areas uh, of the country and, and in, in the economy, that uh, we have this dependency on other people. Uh, which means that we're less free. They need a lot of people to enforce all these rules and regulations. So it is really important that we stay on our toes. Uh, Dale, I want to give you a chance to go ahead and close out and also uh, mention your website again. And uh, we really appreciate you being on our program today. Go ahead. Yeah, look, I mean, you're talking about medicine as we once knew it. All of the, you know, the, the television shows based around great medicine were about this doctor-patient relationship. That is what we have fought for with Informed Consent Action Network from the beginning. We are looking at it. Look at where this leads. If, if we, and I'm surprised more doctors aren't standing up against laws like this. If you don't get to speak your truth, if you don't get to do your own investigations, if you aren't allowed a different opinion, or what we used to call a second opinion, then what good is a doctor? Doctor. Doctors are going to be basically reduced to a kiosk in this world. I can walk up to any kiosk and punch in whatever my ailment is. The CDC has mandated what every doctor has to say about it and pump out the drug that was obviously pushed through uh, Congress that we're all going to have to use. So why do I need a doctor anymore? And who's going to get a second opinion when the only opinion allowed is by the bureaucrats that are mandating what every doctor can say? This is not how medicine is done. And this has been what we've been trying to keep America from falling into with socialized medicine. It's what we were always worried about, is there's not good medicine when the government is deciding what medicine is. Well, we've been fighting that. If you want to support us, you can go to thehighwire.com. That is where I do my weekly talk show every Thursday. Uh, this is the heart of the matter. I am not trying to eradicate vaccines from the planet. I'm not trying to eradicate drugs or even destroy drug companies. What I want is transparency. What is I want, especially transparency in our government agencies. I believe that the pharmaceutical industry will always lie, cheat, and steal as most big industries do to sell a product but we're supposed to have regulatory agents if we have them that actually set out to protect us not the uh, the industries that we're supposed to be being protected from and in this case when cdc is being run by pfizer and moderna and when the epa is being run by exxon and when the fda is being run by monsanto people then we don't have regulatory agencies anymore we've got to think for ourselves and that's what i'm all about that's what the high wire is about not telling you what to think, but teaching you how to think and where to look for your information. Go to thehighwire.com to check that out. And if you want to check out that amazing dashboard, go to our other website, which is icandecide.org slash vsafe so that you can see how effective this vaccine really was. I want to thank you guys, uh, Daniel and, and Ron, for having me on. And I just want to say I'm looking so forward to seeing both of you in person for this incredible event coming up in November. Dale, this has been great and very beneficial to everybody for getting this information because that's the name of the game because that's where we're running at our problems is the information 
is controlled by our government and exactly the opposite of what was intended uh, for us by our Constitution. But thank you once again, uh, Dale, for being with us. And I want to thank all our viewers for tuning in today. Please come back soon.